Hi, it's Ken McLaughlin. I'm so excited today. This is another one of my podcasts, Realty Life. And today I have a really amazing guest. Not that all my guests aren't amazing, but um, I'm really looking forward to this. Lance Chilton. Uh, you might know Lance uh, prior to his amazing career as a real estate agent and a team with his wife, Anne. Uh, he has a great career. He had a great career in the broadcasting business, much music, uh, city TV, uh, TV and Barry. So we're going to dig a, in a bit about that and find out what went, what went down, not what went wrong, what went down <laughs> on it and how he transitioned from being in the broadcasting business to the real estate business. And sorry about the mistakes, but that's okay. We're going to run with that anyway. Lance, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, did I get the intro right? Did I talk about your history? And You started in the broadcasting business in 1985? 87. Well, I started the non-paid portion of my broadcasting career in 1985, working with uh, Rogers Community Access Television. And I was there for about a year and a half. And, and I won a little little uh, bobble or two, a couple of prizes. And I used that to sort of kick my way into the doors at City TV, um, which in, in 1987 was still a, not yet a 10-year-old broadcasting endeavor headed by Moses Neimer and the wonderful Waters family. And um, yeah, so that started in 1987 um, on my birthday, actually March 30th, 1987. Uh, it was uh, it was great, great fun. Yeah, I'm sure. What was the what were you doing back then with him? I was hired on as the weekend uh, entertainment reporter and anchor for City Pulse News, um, and so that entailed uh, basically those days and and still laterally you wrote produced and and hosted everything and i had a, a great producer i worked with named bob barrett and uh we had an editor named glenn and we we did a lot of uh live off the cuff broadcasting so you'd you know you'd spend your day in pre-production uh, writing and outlining uh, what you hoped would happen at six o'clock when you went to air and uh it was uh it was very uh, free form, almost all, I don't want to say experimental because I don't think that does it enough credit because there was a lot of really talented professionals involved, but, you know, Moses Neimer, who sort of dreamt up the, the idea of the, the broadcasting environment, as opposed to the broadcasting studio, mm -hmm. um, encouraged mistakes and the, 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 the perfect imperfections were, were sort of the goal of the thing, uh, to reflect, uh, life rather than, uh, a whole lot of effort polishing and producing. Well, that's what City TV was, wasn't it? It Absolutely. was just City TV, and it was amazing at the time. I remember watching it. They uh, Some of the stuff they did was very unusual. Uh, you transitioned from that to much music, didn't you? Uh, almost right away. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I, I, often people who worked for Chum had two or three jobs <laughs> at once with, with the one salary. Uh, and no one seemed to mind, you know, because it was really just, uh, uh, lots and lots of fun. So I uh, co-hosted a show with Monica Diol um, mm -hmm. on much music called Facts, which is an archaic term now, especially among realtors. But at the time was uh, really sort of cutting edge. And, and my big, I had two sort of main passions that, that drove me there. Uh, one was, was uh, what was then nascent, the internet. And the other was jazz music, which on much music was was not so popular. But mm -hmm. I, I was allowed to indulge those passions uh, because they were genuine passions. And that was sort of part of the deal. You know, you were put on air and, and your passions drove your content. And as long as it didn't make it wrong or boring, you were good to go. So so as a result, you know, uh, we did it. Monica and I did a, a half hour live broadcast uh, uh, across the country every day from the corner of Queen and John. 
And we would work, uh, Paul Templeman was our producer and we had a great production team there. And we would write and produce shows. We'd have segments, interviews with, you know, artists from, from U2 to, to the Ramones. I mean, just a huge spectrum of people. And, um, and we would go out in the street corner and, and do our spots. But obviously being at the corner of Queen and John, um, by definition, brought with it a whole host of yeah. unpredictables. Well, Toronto, that Toronto area is, is, has its characters for sure. It's what yeah. made the magic. You know, you'd be standing yeah. there talking to the nation live on television and some guy would come by and, you know, and offer you a hamburger or, or ask for change or, you know, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, you name it. it yeah. yeah. Well, they had the, didn't they have the, I don't know what the hell they called it, but the much music or the city TV booth that you went into. Speaker's Corner. Speaker's Corner. Yes. That's it. Yeah. 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 That was around that time, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there, it had several nicknames inside the building, a lot of which, assuming this is a family podcast, I won't repeat. I don't know. I could say Fornicator's Corner. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah, that's all. So you, um, was it, when did Much Music start? By the time I joined. I mean, it was already the most coveted job among young 20-somethings in, in, in Canada. You know, the... The, the wonderful on-air people, Eric M and Steve Anthony and Mike Williams and Master T and Kim Clark Champness and, and Denise Donlin and the list goes on and on. Just just characters who were, and, and what they and we had in common was a real passion for music. And I, I don't know really how the heck I talked my way in the door there, but <laughs> but but it, I'm, I'm really glad that I did. It must have been incredible for you at that time of your life to have that, and especially what much music meant to a lot of different people in this country. At the time, uh, I mean, people who are the same age uh, now as I was then, mid twenties, when when I joined Much Music, don't have a recollection or or an understanding of what a cultural force it truly was. You know, imagine sitting at your desk in your space in the studio, which wasn't really a studio, and and you know, in in walks Bono from U two and sits down to have a chat with with Mike Williams or Denise Donlin and. And and someone says, hey, I got a guitar, and you know, do you want to play? And all of a sudden, Bono's giving a, a live concert, and and the doors are open to the street, and it was an everyday occurrence. And I, you know, my my friends who were in more conventional occupations at the time, you know, everybody who's a geologist, another guy who was in IT, someone's an accountant, mm. you know, they're they're making their way in, in valuable and good careers. But looking at what I was doing every day, and asking me when the hell I was going to start to work for a living. I know that I can imagine sitting back there doing that. That would have been, for me, that would have been an all day occurrence just to sit and watch these people do what they do. They're crap. It was incredible to do. So you had, you spent some years. What year did you go up in Simcoe, Barry? So in 1998, uh, Anne and I were expecting our, our first child, Ella and uh, Moses Neimer uh, was aware of, of our impending change in our family status. Uh, Cause at that time I was no longer in my mid twenties. And, and he said, how would you like to be the six o'clock news anchor at, uh, at the new VR in Barrie, which was then one of his satellite projects. Mm -hmm. And as a format for having a life with a child, it was just a, uh, an opportunity to which I couldn't say no. Mm -hmm. So uh, on, on, we jumped to highway 400 and, and up the highway we, we came not really knowing much about the city here, except that we had used to come here to windsurf off Minette's point. And I'm looking at Minette's point. Uh, across the lake from my office I can see it from my desk and and you know Ann and I used to go there windsurfing when we were young uh, unencumbered uh, uh, four children. Lance did you have any connection to Barry prior to going up there? No you know and that's an excellent 
interesting sort of thought because no, we didn't. I mean, beyond going to Minette's point to windsurf, um, no, not really. I, I had no ties to Barry beyond uh, uh, knowing as uh, you know one of the number of good spots in Ontario with great wind. Mm-hmm. So you went up there with your family or, or family to be in, and uh, started a new life. Basically, and you were familiar with the career. Yes. And you built it strongly with VR. And how long did you do that? So I left the new VR, which was at the time then a channel. They changed the name of the station um, in 19, or sorry, in 2010. So um, I, I started, I registered with uh, Aria in 2008. Um, because we saw some writing on the wall with respect to the change of the ownership of our of our broadcasting employer, and um, it was in the process of a sale to Bell Canada. Bell Canada bought up all of the Chum Group's uh, broadcast assets, radio and television, in a, a giant deal. And the Waters family, after uh, generations of hard work, made out very well. And, and you know, and God bless them for doing that. Mm-hmm. I never really wanted to be uh, uh, involved in. In sort of in corporate life, in, in terms of our employment, I, I I knew people who were, and um, you know, like like most realtors, I, I'm I'm a bit of a lone wolf, and uh, I, I was probably not a very good employee, if I'm being honest. And and as it turns out, I'm a pretty decent employer. But we saw Bell coming down the pipe, and didn't really want to be part of that. And and I, I felt that my career had run its course. Well, you're 25, 25 years, right? Oh, I'd interviewed everyone from Bill Gates live on television twice, uh, the only Canadian journalist to do so, and and interviewed five sitting prime ministers and and covered gosh knows how many elections live, and, and, and not to mention 9-11, which was not a good memory. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was um, ready to try something new. So you, um, in 19, uh, sorry, in 2010, you made the shift. Uh, you saw the writing coming on the wall uh, with corporate coming in, and... Um, why real estate, though? What was it in your genes that made you take that on? So um, just I love real estate. You know, it's it's something that everybody needs, whether you rent it or own it. It's something that everybody needs. And Ann and I were active investors in real estate uh, while we were broadcasting. You know, we bought a little house in Albany Avenue in Toronto, just north of DuPont, between DuPont and Davenport. 10 and a half feet wide <laughs> and, and we were road tripping a lot at the time, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd be on the road for, you know, three, four weeks at a time. So I'd come back with 10 days off straight and I'd spend that time renovating the house. I, I did carpentry to pay my way through university. I was, I was on the carpenter's apprentice program. So I knew how to frame and, you know, swing a hammer and, you know, do a reasonably good job of it. And, and, but we had access to great people like, like Stephen and Chris, uh, mm-hmm. late Chris Hunt, yeah. to decorate the place. And so Ann and I bought this little half house and did it up and made money on it. And then we bought a house in Cabbage Town and did it again. And, and then we, you know, we did the same thing twice in Barrie. And we thought, you know, um, we're, we seem to be rather good at this. Mm-hmm. It was a very natural transition. And Ed made the first move. We, we, used my uh, decent broadcasting salary to set up the business. And so she could go to work and, and establish herself as a realtor without worrying about, uh, you know, making a living at it, uh, quite frankly. Although mm-hmm. she went from zero to hero very, very quickly, which made my uh, uh, process of, of jumping out of the TV canoe pretty, pretty darn easy. So you have, you have people listening now that are in, as I said before, in businesses. And, and what, was your, what did you find that was the most difficult thing for you to shift over to something, do a different industry, 
do you had a little bit of background with doing the work and doing renovations and things but all of a sudden you're you're not getting a salary you're not uh, you're an entrepreneur you're doing this stuff and do you recall that time of your life yes um and and i could sum it up in a couple of words uh, sheer terror i i went from you know a very comfortable six-figure salary five weeks a holiday pension blah 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 to uh, being free to starve um you know I, I i came out of broadcasting and into real estate with with you know i was fortunate in that i had built-in name recognition so i didn't have to make my name known to people which of course is one of the great challenges that, that realtors face when they're setting up and establishing themselves yeah so i had that going for me and i th- and, and frankly i i overestimated the value of that because while i lots of people knew me and and might open their doors to me or pick up the phone when i called the fact of the matter is that you know day one as a realtor you really don't know much and and it took me several years, I would say really five before I could walk into a meeting with a prospective client or, or something of that nature and, and be really head held high confident in my abilities in my professional abilities as a realtor, never mind, you know, my abilities as a human being and, and my prior track record, because I had to prove that I could, I could get the deal done for people. And that, that part was way harder than I anticipated. Yeah. I admit. Yeah, and it's been you Simcoe County now for working as a realtor for eleven years. That's right. Yeah, but that and it's been incredible for you. You're you built an, an amazing team, and yourself. You are uh, branching out into different areas in Simcoe County. Uh, what do you love about it? Tell us about your career. Well, the the the, the first and foremost thing is is that um, as I mentioned earlier, I was not, I don't think a particularly good em- employee. And, and I really like being able to call the shots, you know, it's, it, it, it's, uh, that's to me is, is money in the bank, you know, um, irrespective of, of one's income. I think, uh, for me, at least, uh, being the master of my own destiny is, is just, uh, uh, a huge plus in life. And so flowing from that, you know, uh, we're pretty hard workers as anyone who's in real estate has to be, and, and at least to be successful. And unlike in corporate life, you could work as hard as you wanted, or you could be a lazy son of a gun, and it really didn't make a difference. You still cast your paycheck at the end of the day, unless you know you stole the boss's car, you didn't get fired. Whereas in our profession, I find a direct correlation between elbow grease and outcome. Yeah, it's uh, it's refreshing after twenty five years in corporate life, and and I also really love the interface between. Um, you know, clients and our office because, you know, people, I don't think we take this seriously enough as a profession or, you know, I shouldn't speak for other people, but it, I take it seriously that, you know, people are entrusting us with what is almost always their principal asset. And, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. It is big. You know, it really is amazing. If you look at it, the confidence that the people put in our life and our, our work that we do, and the decisions that they're making to help us guide them. And I know that you and Anne are, are very much involved and you're hands-on doing things like this and working all through Simcoe County and and learning what transitioned for you. What did you pick up from your, your work in broadcasting that helped you in this work other than the the profile of doing things? Is that is the relationship with, with people or I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, um, I, I know for me that, the, you hit it pretty strong when you said, I want to be my own boss. 
Like I want to have be accountable to myself and know that if I put the work in, if I did the work, I'm going to get uh, results for it. And that's one of the reasons I got into this business. I didn't want to rely on somebody else to, for my paycheck or for uh, a redundancy call one day. So I think that's I think that's what you're saying. That it's a, really I'm the master of my own domain on this thing and and making it run it. That's big, man. And beyond that, the skill sets that you use in broadcasting are essentially uh, research and communications. Yeah. In the case of real estate, you're obviously constantly, and especially these days, researching how the market is ever shifting like a lava flow across a pile of rock. Mm-hmm. And, and so you really, you know, I find uh, the more I know my stuff, the more successful I am. So I really focus on knowing my stuff. And then, and then of course, after you've, know your stuff you have to be able to communicate that effectively with with your clients and prospective clients so i mean that that part i was comfortable with i have no problem talking to people whatsoever uh, you know one-on-one or in large groups so i'm i'm fortunate that way um and then and then the research piece and just diving right in and i spend gosh i don't know an hour a day at yeah i know you just do. grinding numbers just to see what's what in, in you know in various pockets of our trading area what are you using? How much are you using your past skills and video? I resisted it for a while, you know, because I, I got out of TV in part because I was, you know, I wanted to be out of TV. I didn't want to be so recognized anymore. And and here I am, you know, if you have a real estate brokerage these days, large or small, you, you also de facto have a digital media company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I have been going back and doing Lots of video. I probably do two or three a week uh, on on average. I did you not remind me about this? You ran. You and Ann were doing a renovation. Yes, weren't you? Yes, and that was really cool watching yeah. you do that from start to finish. Oh, thank you. It's it's called. You can it, if you Google Project eighteen eighty one, you'll find it on YouTube or sorry YouTube Project eighteen eighty one, and it was uh, six or seven episodes, just sort of condensed, not half hour or anything, more like I don't know minutes we purchased a church uh the old saint paul's church in the village of midhurst which is just just outside of barry and and this thing just kind of fell into our laps as one of those golden opportunities and and the building dates back to 1881 hence the title so yeah so we we uh have a two-phase plan for it phase one was to rehabilitate it and and turn it into a one-bedroom apartment which we did and then future plans will be revealed in future episodes <laughs> Day two. wow that's a tease there we have to we have to watch that then for sure uh we're gonna leave uh the uh access how to get this stuff uh in the tag when we uh promote this out there so uh people will be able to get that uh, have a look for themselves, but it's very interesting what you're doing. And I like that you're actually doing unique, interesting stuff like that, rather than just saying, Hey, here's house X, Y, Z. Uh, would you be interested in buying it? You're actually telling the backstory to a lot of things. And that's probably a lot that, uh, why that's so well, well viewed at the time. So congratulations on that kind of thing. It's really, really good. I like it. Very kind. Um, I, I'm, you know what, I'm interested in learning uh, about what your next steps are. What do you think the industry is going to be like in the next five years? What's it going to be like for you and Anne? Um, Crystal Ballot, do you have any ideas or? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have ideas. I mean, what, what is the industry going to be? I think uh, the, the short answer to that is viable, you know, um, uh, and I, in terms of our approach to the next five years, we're really going to focus on 
um, helping people to understand the responsibility that they're placing in our hands. Yeah. And so our, our focus is going to be on that. Um, we are planning a geographical expansion. I'm not going to say anything more about that until I sign the lease on Friday. Yeah. So, so we're, we're moving forward. We're expanding. We, we have developed a great team um, by hiring very carefully and, and targeting people who are service orientated, who understand the importance of professionalism. And, and, you know, we'll be looking for more of those people. So how big um, you, tell, tell them how big your team is. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So counting Ann and I, we have eight uh, full-time agents mm -hmm. and um, one of my agents is part-time and he's actually a former client. Three of our, three of our employees are former clients, which I take as a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. So we have eight full-time agents and, and two full-time staff. And, um, and we've partnered up, uh, I, I have a, an offsite marketing director, a, a, a Canadian based digital marketing firm that was recently named to, uh, Canada's, uh, business, uh, insiders list of Canada's 50 fastest growing companies. So that's, that's basically our team. And of course we have a professional team, a lawyer, a bookkeeper, and an accountant because you need those because it's a business. So managing that team though, Lance, managing that team, keeping them inspired on task is, is not an easy thing. And you've been had to learn that as you go, of course. And uh, do you do that, or is that Anne's job? Uh, we share that work. I mean, that that part, I guess, mainly falls to me. And Anne's uh, very strong on the organization and in mid side. So, but we both participate in it because it, you know it, it's our name on the side of the. Yeah. I don't find it difficult to keep them inspired and motivated. Yeah. Because we've got a bunch of self motivators and 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 people who know how to take the initiative. Our job is to enable them to yeah. excel. Well, you, you created the environment that allows them to grow that way, which is uh, commendable. Uh, congratulations on that. That's that's the whole thing. And I hear that a lot from uh, uh, the odd agent that works with you, talks to me on that and says how great it is to work there. So good on you guys doing that. So this has been great. Uh, the transition, uh, anytime there's a transition from one industry to the next successfully done is always intriguing to me, uh, how you've done it and the compliments to you and Anne. Uh -huh. Uh, and plus the transition to another community, you know, that's a big shift and to stay in that community, which we all love Simcoe. It's, it's vibrant. It's, uh, and your home is there. It's, that's where you're going to, you're living and your family's there. So congratulations on the shift from not only one industry, but to another community and growing that community and making a difference in it with the career you guys have now. So hats off to you guys. Um, thanks for sharing your story. This is, um, it's been intriguing for me to listen to this much music stuff and to see and watch you guys growing your business now uh, is incredible. And I really appreciate you, you spending time with us today. Uh, you know, it, it's been my pleasure, Ken, and it's, uh, it's dredged up some, some fun memories for me too. And Good memories. How do we get a hold of you? How does people get a hold of you? Our website is thechiltonteam.com, thechiltonteam.com. Or my name, Lance Chilton. There's... Uh, myself and a doctor from New Zealand, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did find him. I was going to bring up, but he did, but I didn't do that at all. So Lance, fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to do this and really making a difference for a lot of people. Thanks, my friend. You're most welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.